Welcome to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a safe place for healing conversations that educate and empower you to prioritize your dreams, revolutionize your family, and personalize your faith. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Hanks, a psychotherapist and coach offering online courses and programs to help women all over the world heal themselves and their relationships. Join me here every week as I coach a listener through a specific challenge and empower them with tools to find healing. I am thrilled to welcome Lisa Valentine Clark to the show today. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Lisa is an amazing actor, and she's the host of The Lisa Show on BYU Radio. You've probably seen her on commercials. She (laughs) is a rock star, so I'm so happy to have you today. Oh, thank you very much. So what is your question for me today? So my question is a a very deeply personal one, (laughs) but one that I have benefited from just discussing it, but I'd love to get your perspective on when you are holding grief and when you're dealing with grief, how do you find that balance between honoring the person that you love and preserving their memories and moving forward with life Mm. and, and creating new memories? Yeah, yeah. So are you willing to share kind of? <laughs> yes, I've okay. been very open. Yes, Sorry. That's okay. I, you know, but I, I, I do feel like it's a universal thing that mm-hmm. we've all, we all deal with grief. And I think that we kind of stuff it down mm-hmm. and, and think, well, this is very personal. And whether it's grief of children getting older or uh, life changes or grief of a parent, or in my case, it's grief of a spouse. So I was married for 25 years to the best human I've ever known, Mm. Christopher Clark. And um, we had a really great partnership marriage and just the best memories and just a fun, full life. And it wasn't perfect. I'm not trying to, you know, paint it as perfect, but it was perfect for me. Mm. And unfortunately, he uh, had ALS, which Mm. is a terminal disease. He uh, faced it with humor and faith and just made me love him more. And um, and he passed 18 months ago. And I, since then, have read many books on grief, and I have held grief, and I've talked to a lot of people about it. And, and, and I feel like in having these kinds of conversations, it's really been helpful to me. It's, it's kind of hard for me to talk about this part, part of it, but after the shock and, and the initial, how do I live, what do I do? of the last 18 months has, I don't want to say worn down because I realize it is ever present. I guess I'm yeah. just getting more more used to it. Yeah, I look at his life and all of the people that he has affected for good and, and the people who love him and honor him, especially me and, and, and our children. Yeah. And I look and I can see a million ways that I want to honor him every day, mm. right? With his work at, at, as a theater director, Mostly, though, like as a husband and a father, like in her home with like holiday traditions or daily traditions and, you know, still talking about him and having pictures up of him. And now I'm at a point now where it is time for me to um, and everyone's on, you know, a different trajectory Mm -hmm. to look forward to creating new memories instead of just marinating in the old memories about how things used to be. And I can see that it is very attractive just to live there in the past. Mm-hmm. And I know intellectually and spiritually and from Chris's words that you don't live in the past. Right. You have to create new memories and, yeah. and move forward. And that can mean a lot of different things. But for me personally, I feel 
Like that is so much easier said than done. Mm-hmm. And finding that balance of saying, well, this is what your father would say in this situation, or, or this is how I could honor him and continue his legacy in this way. And living my own life is a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes moving on and creating new memories, there's a fear that like somehow I'll lose that. Yeah. Like, I'll I'll lose something if I if I move forward. Somehow maybe I don't love him as much or maybe I don't honor him as much. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I don't want to betray. Yeah. 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 Cuz he doesn't deserve that. Right. I had an experience this summer. My ex- my family, the Valentine family was going to have family pictures. Mm-hmm. And everybody wanted like, oh, people from out of town are here. We got to hurry. Yeah. You know, my mom and dad take a big family picture. And we were driving to the family pictures. My kids and I just, my daughter and I just cried in the mm. car. Like, we're taking a family picture without dad. And it had been a year since his death, but it felt like a betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I said to her, this is what our family looks like now. Right. And yes, I wish more than anything that your dad was here. He's not. And the alternative is that we never take any more family pictures. And I don't mark how we've changed in a year because my kids have changed just because of their ages a yeah. ton. They look yeah. very different. And we ha- it's like I, 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 there was something in me that was like, we have to take this family picture. Yeah. It's going to mean something. It's going to mean. Yeah. Right? And, it, and I knew that it would make Chris happy. And at the same time, when we were doing it, it did feel wrong. Yeah. It felt uncomfortable. Yeah. But I'm glad I did it at yeah. the same time. That's You are talking about kind of the theme of grief is mm-hmm. that that feeling conflicted, right? Like yeah, I always. I am so sad. There's so much loss. And there's a part of me that wants to move forward. And how do I do both? Yeah. Right? I mean, which is your question. Yeah. That's, that is like the theme. <laughs> it's a big question. So sorry, yeah. I didn't give you a softball. <laughs> so, so often we think we have to pick one or the other. And you don't have to pick. Moving on can also be honoring him. Yeah. And honoring and remembering him can be part of moving on. It's not one or the other. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It just makes my heart feel like it's going to burst mm. a little bit. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, tell me more. What? Well, I, 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 I appreciate you saying that. I, I feel like be, when he was sick and I saw him deteriorate mm. because ALS is the worst of diseases. And, and by the time he passed, he couldn't move. Mm. He could move a little bit, one thumb a little bit and his neck Ugh. a little bit. And he couldn't speak. And he could just make his eyes big, you know, just to try to communicate. And he was so sweet and um, it was so cruel. And yet we really did laugh every day. I mean, I cried every day, but we also laughed. And so I thought, you know, when he had the diagnosis, I thought, how, how are we going to do this? How am I going to watch him Mm. suffer? And, and, and I didn't know how, and he made it, I don't want to say easier, but he made it enjoyable Mm. because he was like, oh, yeah, my stupid legs don't work. Or then it was my, oh, well, my arms are good for nothing, and I got these lobster claws because I can't move my fingers. And he would just make jokes about it. Like, don't worry, ALS isn't very interesting about me. I'm still very interesting, and I used to always joke, well, at least ALS isn't taking away your good looks because then we would have a big problem. You know, I mean, we just, like, teased each other. And 
And so he really showed the way to do that, to laugh and to cry, to feel two <laughs> conflicting things. I know, I guess, and especially initially when, you know, people would say, oh, it must be so difficult to take care of him. And because he couldn't do, I mean, not anything yeah. on his own. I'd scratch his nose for him. I mean, every, mm. but because it was him, it just, it wasn't hard. You know, it was so doable. And what was hard, which, which I think speaks to how large grief is, is the hard part has been living without him yeah. as the cheerleader. When you've had your cheerleader, when you've had your confidant and your best friend and yeah. father of your children and just, and, and learning to, you know, hold that kind of grief and remember the funny times and the love, but also being, having to feel that loss and, and the yeah. pain. It's a, it, you feel so pulled in both directions. Right, right. You know, I remember the first time, it was like two days after he'd passed, and I saw something on TV that was so funny, like just, but not funny for, you know, haha, but like yeah. Chris would have made fun of that. Mm. It would have been so funny. And I went to laugh, and then it just hit me that mm -hmm. I couldn't share that with him. And mm -hmm. in this funny moment while I'm laughing, just it it felt so painful <laughs> to not share that with him. I thought, oof, I've got to learn how to live in an, an entirely new way. Yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like you're doing a beautiful job. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> of, of kind of holding the messiness of this whole process. And it's traumatic. And, you know, you have such a um, good sense of humor. I'm just in awe. Oh, no. <laughs> you're very I'm nice. I'm just in awe. And I've, I watched... Through social media, your process, you know, as just an observer, we, we just met for the first time. I know. I can't just... believe it. We've been just been talking about it. I, I watch all your stuff on social media and I feel like I am your best friend. And So I feel like I, I was kind of a witness to the process and, and your grace. And um, yeah, I just and I remember seeing when when he, the post when he had passed and so I'm sitting here crying while Lisa's talking. Just no. so you know, you can't see We're that, but I have crying. tears it's like fine. streaming down my face. Um, I just want to say how much I admire the way that you have um, imperfectly handled this, you know, with grace and humor. And what a nice thing to say. Um, That's so generous to say. It feels so you know, overwhelming oh, a little bit. And I think that's why. To. I, yeah, it's I supposed, it's supposed to. to. It's because that that is the the level of grief is is the same as the level of love. Like the mm -hmm. depth is the same as the height of the the love. And you can't have deep love without deep grief when you lose someone. And so that just speaks to how much love you and Chris have for each other. That's very sweet to hear. I um, thank you. You're and I, I, we had spoken a little bit before we started. And Christopher, when we would talk about how difficult all of this was, you know, had had a way of wanting to talk a little bit about how I would live after he passed. Mm. And it was I never wanted to have those conversations. Ugh. And it was really, really hard. And usually it was when I was like getting him ready for the day, which was about a two hour process. Yeah. And we would talk and joke and um, so that it wasn't so sad and awkward, you know, and I yeah. would um, – and he would say, I hope you talk about this, about, you know, taking care of me and grief and things like that. And I – it would make me so mad. 
Because I'd say, I never, why would I ever talk about like the worst thing that ever happened to me? Like, yeah, that yeah. it just, and it's so personal, and I don't want people knowing my business. And contrary to what I do for a right. living, it's like, wait a second, I am a little <laughs> private <laughs> for some things. And he just said, Oh, I just feel like you could help people, which I think was such a kind and generous. He, you know, saw me in a better light than I think <laughs> maybe sometimes I deserve. And it's very interesting because when you have those like crying on the bathroom floor moments and you don't know how you're going to get up. And, you know, I had a couple of people who were there to pick me up Mm. and say, this is what you're going to do. And this is what I have done and shared with me their raw moments. And that's what I clung to when I didn't have any hope that I would ever feel better or that I would ever feel um, any, you know, hope or Mm -hmm. um, because they helped me sort of live it, really, and and learn how to live again and breathe again. Um, I thought, oh, we do need each other in such an intimate way, especially when we're so desperate. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I that's what I hope is like by talking about it, that it doesn't seem like I'm trying to say, oh, look how great Chris and I, you know, did this. But but that people will know that I'm just trying to say like this. You will find sometimes in your your life a moment that you think is impossible and that you don't know how to breathe. Like, and you've never thought about breathing before in your whole life. And I remember the first six months thinking, I have to learn how to breathe. I have to remember to breathe. Like, what is this? And I do think that talking about how other people do it helps. And Mm -hmm. and, and I do feel like that it's the best way to sort of kind of live, not just for ourselves, but how we can, you know, connect ourselves to others. And and because now my relationships – because it seems like this the most important relationship I lost, those other relationships are so much more vital in a different way. And they've yeah. changed. And and those friendships have deepened um, as those friends have really been there for me and mm. have, have risked their uh, being uncomfortable and sitting and crying with me and sitting yeah. and feeling pain for me. And not everybody's willing to do that. Mm-mm. And, and you know, no judgment for if you can't and if you're not in the place or the time of life to be able to do that. But boy... Those people who are able to sit with you and say, there's no answer. There's no solution. This is horrible. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just here. I'm just I'm here. here. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, how do you thank people for doing that? And so that's my motivation for like, you know, yeah. opening up my heart and talking, you know, yeah, to you about, you know, grief, because I think that we all deal with a certain kind of secret grief that we sort of carry. Don't, don't you think like, you oh, know, whether yeah. it's like yeah. your needs weren't met as a child Lost or expectations. Yes. Yes. I thought my life was going to, yes. I mean, that's the most common one that everyone experiences. I thought my children would be like this, or my marriage would be like <laughs> this, or my career would go like this, or I thought I wouldn't get divorced, or I thought, I, you know, just yeah. all of the un the unknowns that, you know, that we face in life. And it's just never the way we thought it was no. going to be. And so I think that's something that everybody shares. <laughs> like, yeah, this isn't what I signed up for. I think that's why, I, you know, I've loved listening to you and the guests that you've had come on who've been vulnerable to be able to admit that. Mm. Because it's not like it's ever one thing, too, when you're dealing with grief. It's not yeah. like I lost my I lost my husband and that's it. I lost my plans for the future. Right. I lost my best friend. Mm-hmm. I lost my habits, my mm-hmm. daily habits. Mm-hmm. I lost a lot of rituals. I lost a lot of hope. I lost a father for my children. Yeah, I, you know, I lost a uh, a lot of things that yeah. I have listed in my journal. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, it, I, and once I, I started listing them, it, 
I was like, oh, this is worse than I thought. But I got to get it down. Yeah. I got I to gotta look at it. I got to look at it. Yeah. I call it my sad, sad journal. I have this blue sad, sad journal. And uh, my kids know, you're writing in that sad, sad. Yeah, I got to get it out because mm-hmm. I want them Good to for see. You. It's okay. Well, you know, what do you do, right? Yeah. So I've, I've, what I do is, is study, right? So I read every book I could on grief. Mm. I read every book I could get on the afterlife. Like, what is he doing? Like, I'm obsessed <laughs> with big cracking the code. Like, I just, and after all the research, you know, of all of that, I, you, at the end of the day, you have to sit in it. Right. There, it you doesn't can't take it away. It. You can't intellectualize no, grief. I tried. Right. Good, good luck. My <laughs> sister came over one time about like four months after he passed, and she's like, what you doing there? And I was like, well, I'm going to see how I can move through this. The You know, do grief the best. Right. You know, like. I'm going to succeed. Yeah. Like, I, maybe I could skip a couple of steps or right. maybe I could just, like, expedite this horrible process that yeah. I really hate. She's like, oh, fun. You think you're going to outsmart grief? Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. She was like, no. Yeah. Eat this cookie. Sit down. <laughs> let's talk. Let's, let's. Don't, you know. Yeah. Don't, don't try that. Yeah. But my question really is, though, like, an honest one, though, because I, now I find myself at a different phase mm-hmm. 18 months later. Where I do want to honor and the memories, and I'm looking into all my seconds, right? The second holiday season, the mm. second anniversary mm-hmm. of his passing, this, you know, and, and a lot of uh, the support groups online that I'm in for, you know, widows and things like that talk yeah. about how the second year in a lot of ways is harder because you have this expectation that it's, well, I got through the first year, right. it couldn't be worse, or you know, people forget about you or you have expectations about mm. how life could be. And so I just want to be really like conscientious and smart, mm-hmm. you know, about mm-hmm. how I approach this yeah. new experience. Yeah, I, I think remembering the end, right? I'm going to honor his memory and make new memories with my family the way it looks now. And so you can do both. Yeah. And that's just so hard for us humans to hold. It's like I have to pick one or the other. What Am I going to move forward? Yeah, or like or loyalty. Am I stay? Yeah. Because you, know? mm-hmm. you worry, and I hate that I admit this, but like you worry about the perceptions too of mm. like. Oh, because, she moved on quick. Yeah. Oh. Or like when I see people, especially after COVID, you know, mm-hmm. so I sometimes like I haven't even seen. A lot of my like, really good friends that mm. live in other states since he died, and so much has happened till, to then. And, yeah. and, and so sometimes people want to process his death with me because it's the first time they're seeing me. And I'm... You're at a different place. And I'm, yeah, remember, like I'm a reminder, oh, yeah, yeah my friend Chris died, you know? Yeah. But I am 18 months, oh, I've been swimming in this. <laughs> For a long new. time. Yeah. And, and so we meet each other at different places. And sometimes that can cause, I don't know, awkward social, inter- you know, because I, yeah. I want to say, yes, it was, it is, it will always be yeah. very sad. Yeah. But yeah. also I'm just buying milk and I just want to buy milk talk and go to you home. And, yeah. and I don't want to <laughs> pick the scab right now. Yeah. And do you give yourself permission to say that? No. I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's something I struggle that's with. That's okay to say, like, thank you for acknowledging my loss. And yes, it's been hard. And I, you know, I only have a few minutes, so I need to go grab that's some a milk. Good way to say, I need to. Re- I only have a let few me write minutes. that in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but setting those boundaries based on 
what you can give because in some ways it's like they may want you to comfort them or you may feel like, oh, I should comfort them because they're distraught. Yeah. But you get to decide when you have that to give, when you don't. So really protect that. You don't owe anyone anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I intellectually agree with you. (laughs) And when it happens in the moment, no, because I think it is a loss and I want to acknowledge. Yeah. But you can acknowledge without. Yeah, that's true. Stepping into like, I need to take care of you or make you feel better. Mm -hmm. So you can just simply acknowledge. Thank you for acknowledging the loss. It's been really hard. You know, I I only have a few minutes, so I'm going to run. But thank you. It's good to see you. That's a good way to say it. I like that. I'm particularly um, protective of my children because I can see like we're having a fun time. We're going out. We might, you know, be shopping or going to a movie. And if we see someone and they want to talk about Chris, I can I can see them physically change. Mm. And it just like kills my mother heart because yeah. I I never wanted this for them. And so when I see them and they know that it's kind of just part of the package. But, you know, even just how many TV shows and movie theaters were sitting in and it, something will happen and I just have to lean over and go, sorry about the dead parent in this movie I didn't know. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry this is bringing something up. And I kind of try to, like, make it a joke by saying, yeah. you know, we're not going to be able to escape this. But sometimes I also want to acknowledge you don't have to, like, live in this all the time. Right. Like, I am the grieving child or yeah i want to protect them from it but i realize that you can't yeah you can't you that's hard that's much too heavy of a burden for you i mean they have it's impossible yeah they have to feel it and you can just you can sit with them and that's it yeah like that's it yeah and that as a mom you want to make everything better. And mm-hmm. and there's a part of us, I think, that thinks we can. <laughs> I know. I do. Right? I think that there like, was well, a I'll part just, of me. I'll just stuff. shield them from this. It's yeah. like, no, uh-uh. uh-uh. That's not how it works. I know. Everyone has their own process and their own way of dealing with grief and their own time frame. Yeah. You may notice some of your kids are doing just fine and others are not or, you know, or they'll go up and down or mm-hmm. um, life events will bring up like, ugh weddings or you know oh, those yeah. kind of things it's yeah. just it's just going to be an ongoing journey that you process together i like that that you said that like together because i have really struggled with that of well i'll just be the mom and the dad they had a really great dad so i'll just do whatever he did and i'll do what i did and that's physically impossible right and it's not acknowledging the the big loss you know that like that's part of why we're grieving is cuz we they don't get that and i yeah. that's that's for me right now, like the hardest part yeah. of all of this is because I I would tell them I found you the best dad, <laughs> like I he was you know yeah and I, I and and so I try to you know tell them at least I I mean you had the best dad yeah you know and yeah and I do feel like in whatever capacity I don't know how it works that he will have an influence on your life that he will be there you know. Mm-hmm. And and I hope that you live with that assumption like your whole lives. But when you do feel those those moments when they're not there, it just it is it is something that I hope makes my kids resilient and have a good sense of humor instead of um, bitter. Yeah. The amount of empathy that they will have Mm -hmm. for other people's losses will be 
so beautiful mm-hmm. as they work hope. through this mm-hmm. because they, they'll get it in a way that mm-hmm. most people can't get, you know? So my son just recently, one of my sons, his friend died unexpectedly and his, <sighs> and his mother and, um, you know, our conversation about that mm. was so much different mm-hmm. than it would have been. And, he de- and, and I looked at him and I said, you know, it's really interesting. When I was your age, one of my friend's dad's died, dad died, and I went to the funeral and I remember just, and then I never talked to him about it ever mm. again after. Mm. Now, because You don't know And how, we were good right? friends and I had no idea. And I said, and looking back, I said, you will never be like that. And I said, here I am in my 40s and I totally regret that. I wish I could go back, be yeah. a teenager and do it totally different. I was not there for my friend, but I, I didn't know. And I and I did say to my one son, like you know, mm-hmm. and the way that you show up now for your friends is a gift, and they don't even know it. Mm-hmm. They don't even know. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. So it is a different perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know. And and it, it's it's hard to be to be grieving while your kids are grieving because mm-hmm. you want to be the example and show them the way, but it's just messy. For right, everybody involved. And and what does and show not, them the way mean? I, I don't know. Right? <laughs> I was hoping you could tell yes. me. <laughs> okay. Well, let me tell you. Just I have it all steps. figured out. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. That's the thing. But I, I want to um, I want to know what you're going to do during the holidays to remember Christopher mm-hmm. and also to acknowledge and create new memories with the family that's here. Oh, that's good. And that's hard. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've been thinking about it. I announced to... Uh, one of my best friends yesterday, I'm going to be filled with the Christmas cheer and the Christmas spirit this year. And he was like, oh, good for you. Are you okay? Because, you know, last year it was, and the last actually two years, we're just getting through. I just yeah. gave myself like, you don't have to feel anything. You don't know. You, you just have to survive. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually like looking back really gl- grateful that I did. Mm-hmm. Like let myself off the hook. Now I feel this like itching you know, mm-hmm. in, inside of like, it's time to make these new fun memories for your kids. So last year, I gave them all, my husband wore a ruby ring on his mm-hmm. pinky, like Stefano DeMiro from Days of Our Lives. I used to make <laughs> fun of him. I actually gave it to him because he wanted it because he thought it would look cool. And I was like, I don't think it's going to look cool. You're like, no. <laughs> this is really weird. And he's like, a lot of cool people. Anyway, it was kind of a, a joke. But then he wore it and he would never take it off. Even when he was sick and his fingers started curling, I was like, I got to take off these rings because, you know, and he's like, nope, this is my thing. And I was like, okay. So all of his kid, all of our kids wanted it. Like who gets dad's you know, mm. ring? So I had them made. My brother-in-law is a jeweler. And he made the first one. Mm. So last Christmas, we all got our ruby rings. So we oh, all had them and we all gosh. wore them. And we oh. all wore them for our family pictures this oh, summer. Oh, that's wonderful. And so I've been, this has been on my mind of like, what do we do this year to acknowledge it? And actually, I talked with some of my older kids. I have three adult kids and then two at home. And, and, and said, you know what I think would be great is your Christopher was a really great gift giver, like really great. It's a, that's a gift. And that's it a is talent. A gift. Yeah. And he w- and he really um, was good at spoiling us at the, at the holidays. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, we need to lean into this. Like, and so I have been shopping around for some original art, mm. a piece of art that represents us, our family, or what we've been through. That that will be like a family gift. That when we all look at it, 
it will still connect us to him. Mm. And, and so that's one thing that I'm, that I'm hoping will like honor him. Yeah. And I know this sounds really weird, but I'm 100% going to do this because he was such a good gift giver to me. Instead of like Christmas morning when all my kids are opening presents and then they're like, and I don't have anything like, mm. and, it, and it just echoes Chris isn't here because Chris always bought me the best stuff. I'm going to buy myself some like really good gifts. Do it. No, that's not just. Do and it. I'm going to say this is this is for, your dad would want me to have this. <laughs> this is from him. <laughs> I know is it. That silly? No, <laughs> but I think it would make in my mind it really makes Chris laugh. So yeah. I would want to do it. Like, well, yeah, and, that's from me. <laughs> and I think it'll be a relief to your children that they don't have to yes. make up for the fact that he's gone. I, like, I've got yes. this. It, it's it's symbolic. That's what happened last year. They felt so bad for me on Christmas. Mm. Like, they had just realized, oh, we should have. We should have gotten all these All this gifts stuff and, for mom. And I was like, it's fine. I don't care. Because yeah. I really didn't. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm just going to go in my bathroom after this is done and cry. So yeah. we're good, you know, and, and, and I do think that they, it gives them permission to laugh, mm-hmm. to, to do that. So I'm going to honor him with the, the, with, with the, those kind of traditions. There was a way that he wanted to have the tree and the lights. And I kind of was complaining about it saying, oh, I'm so particular about the lights on the tree. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about it this year. And it was one of my other adult sons that said, no, 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 no. This is tradition and I will do it. Mm. And he kind of showed up and it was really sweet. Aww. So I'm going to give space for the kids to do it. And mm. and we really do need a new tradition that we can, you know, not just say how things used to be. Yeah. And and I really haven't, you know, beyond that, I'm I'm trying to be really open for other ideas. Yeah. I would suggest doing some kind of service together, going and feeding the homeless or going and bringing gifts to children in foster care or just something. That's a really great idea. Because there's nothing that brings people together like like caring for other people Mm -hmm. as a group. You know, you going together to do something. I think that would just be beautiful. Oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And my kids, I think... They're sort of waiting. You know how your kids sort of look at you, mm-hmm. especially during a crisis, like, what are we going to do? Now what? You know? Yeah. And if you have something, if I have something ready, you know, and especially if it's fun, mm-hmm. then I, my kids are so great. They'll, they'll jump right on board. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So there might be also some other just cultural events that mm-hmm. you start going to or some I don't know if you you know go to the Christmas Carol or the oh yeah we like to go to lots of concerts and things good good yeah. okay so you're already doing those things wonderful yeah I'm hoping yeah because again it was so weird after COVID and then after he passed it felt like you need to well we can't do these things without you know and yeah. and so it is like pushing through that feeling of no 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 this is exactly what we should be doing right yeah. it's not a betrayal it's not a even betrayal. though it feels it feels like. It feels like it, and it, I don't know yeah, why it does. I don't know why it does intellectually. Right. Doesn't it, well, it's the same thing, too. And I had never gotten panic attacks before after, and I had gotten a couple of panic attacks mm. by grief, like right. by thinking about, you know, different scenarios and things. And I was so mad <laughs> about it in my brain because I was like, I'm smarter than this. I got to crack this code. Like, why am I having a physical reaction 
you know, it doesn't make sense, but that's the whole point. Right. That's the whole point. Right. It feels out of control. It feels out of control. Because that's what happens. You're out of control. And I would have to, um, well, I would call my brother. He's a doctor. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, and so and this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. And I know this is crazy, but I have this scenario in my mind that I know is not true, but my brain is treating my body like it's true. What do I do? And he'd be like, well, that's very interesting, actually. It's a, you know, and he would explain it to me like clinically and oh, neurologically, yeah. like what's happening in my body. Mm-hmm. And it would calm me down. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's, so, it's probably just distraction. I think so. Like, oh, I think. Huh. Huh. Okay, I'm take fine. me a while. <laughs> okay, now. Okay. Yeah. So grief is weird. Yeah. It's messy. It's messy. It, it feels uncomfortable. I don't know why I thought that at some point it would feel different, but I think I did have that expectation. Yeah. That, well, now I should feel. And there are no shoulds I know. in the grieving process. It's so hard to give that up. It, you know, and I've talked to people who've been dealing with what I have like for decades mm-hmm. and 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 the kind and generous way I have a friend who's who's been on this path that I've been on and you know for over a decade and she has said yeah sometimes things will still hit me out of the blue and unexpected and I'll still have those days that knock me off and but those get fewer and farther between mm-hmm. and so that gives me hope yeah. yeah and it and it isn't contingent what I think is so fascinating about grief on on any sort of like milestones like it doesn't matter if your kids are this age or You've been this many years, or like there's no formula at all. Mm-hmm. And you can't predict. You can't mm-hmm. predict. And I think what happens is it's like this thing right in front of your nose. It's yeah. just like right here. And yeah. everywhere you look, yes. it's, it's just there. And then what happens over time is it kind of moves to the side yeah. where it's, not, it's still there, but yeah. it's not the absolute focus of every waking moment. That makes a lot of sense. But it, it doesn't mm-hmm. go away, right? So it's yep. not like in your peripheral vision instead of right in front yeah. of your eyeballs. I remember after Chris died and I, you know, would go to the grocery store because, you know, you have to eat. Eat. Yeah. Or I would, you know, be driving a kid to somewhere or da 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 And I would just like walk in the grocery store or like pass people and I just think they don't know my husband just died. Chris just died. Yeah. Or are you going to the bank? Chris just died. How like, can how, how can you how, how dare is life you functioning? Don't you guys you know what on. just happened? Yeah, you know. And I would see you know mm. people walking by my by my window and just walking their dog, and I'd be like, "Don't yeah, surprised that the world was going on, right? And because your world because just yep seemed to end. Yeah. yeah, and so then there are moments now where. You know, you're still functioning, you're still doing things, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I don't think about it every time I'm in the grocery checkout. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah, think in my like mind. Moves mm-hmm. slightly But it's never side. far from. Yeah, yeah. And it'll never go away. And it's not supposed to. Yeah. It's, it'll just be there in, in a different way. Yeah. That used to scare me. Yeah. Like, what? This is how I have to live the rest of my life? And now it's almost like... It's still not like great. <laughs> Let's be real. But at least I think, oh, good. Thanks for not lying to me because now I have a realistic expectation and now I can carry it, I think, with a little bit more confidence knowing like I'm not trying to look where to put it. Mm-hmm. I know I just need to carry it well. Yeah. And yeah. that's a different focus. And that changes the way that I interact with people or the decisions I make in my life. Mm. And and I just 
and I appreciate people being open and honest about talking about what their experience is like because it helped me when I was stuck in a moment that I thought, oh, this is how it will – I'll always feel this It'll, way. Oh, yeah. It will always be this intense. And how do people live? And what are we doing here? Like what's the point? Yeah. 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 Lisa. And those are horrible uh, moments to be uh, in. And I'm just so grateful for those who of people who would just sit with me and go – Oh, you won't uh, – people who I loved and trusted who would tell me the truth, not just platitudes who would say, oh, you won't always feel like this, but you will yeah. always carry this. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, a defining difference. Mm-hmm. So – Yeah, it's realistic. Yeah. Realistic And my heart goes out for people who are experiencing that right now and kind yeah. of doing their firsts and trying to navigate it for the first time. Yeah. And, and they're still in shock. And they're and, still in shock. And it, Yeah. And it almost kills me just to watch – you know, knowing that there are so many, this is part of life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you seem to carry it with so much grace. Well, and re- I really I admire know, you. Thank you. So what, what are you going to take with you from our conversation today? Well, for, I appreciate you for being so generous of taking such like a deeply personal question. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, the validation sort of that Yes, I admire you as a person, but I also think you're a professional and you've studied that you – this isn't something that you have taken lightly, mm, right? Like right. this is something that you have really spent a lot of time. And so as such, like I I really appreciate you saying it's, – it's almost like that. Is there something in my mind that I need like permission, mm. like validation of mm-hmm. – no, you can have both. You yeah. can uh, – it is possible – because sometimes I feel like I'm trying to get away with something. Like you can honor the past and move forward yes. and create new memories. And right now, I take a lot of pictures and I try to ha- go do a lot of things now, mm-hmm. even if I don't feel like it, because I have that hope that this is the right thing, because that's yeah. what I, in my heart, want. And so I really appreciate you saying, yes, you can have both. This is not in competition, that it will always be there. I really like the peripheral. And I really like being able to have a conversation where I can stop and take a step back and say, okay, how can I be a little bit more intentional moving forward? Yeah, I'm going to do something big and fun, service oriented with my kids Mm. so that they, because I know that they'll be more likely to have this feeling of, you know, the Christmas spirit and, and looking outwards to other people and that is a value that Christopher and I had together. And, yeah. and so that's a way to sort of bridge honoring him and right. making a new memory. And right. so to me, that's like, it's really exciting. It's like I said, like, I want to be filled with the Christmas joy. Right. <laughs> like, I darn it, I'm doing this. <laughs> and sometimes, and, and I do also really appreciate you saying that, yeah, sometimes you do, you make a choice and it still feels wrong, even though it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Because that's a hard thing to to push through when you know you should get out of bed, when you know you should do something different, and you don't feel it, but you know it's the right thing to do. And just pushing through that initial discomfort has brought a lot of good things for me, but it's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. Like doing, I, I call it doing what's in your best interest instead of doing what you want. Yes. It's like, what's in my best interest, even yes. though it, it may be the opposite of what I want, you know, but what feels what I feel like doing. Yeah, but, I've never heard it described that way. That's that's how I feel. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Yeah, so oh, thank, 
Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, it's thank just, you for sitting and crying with me. Oh, I, mean, I mean, really, like, that I've, is such a gift. You're so sweet. Oh, and I hope you don't feel like you have to take care of me. because No, I'm, I don't. I just, we're all good. Okay, because I'm, I'm just sitting here crying the whole time, you know. No, um, but I, thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing your story and sharing your beautiful spirit. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ask Dr. Julie Hanks, a podcast helping real women seek solutions to life's biggest challenges. If you'd like to learn more, you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Julie Hanks and at drjuliehanks.com, where you'll find information about virtual groups, coaching, and online courses. For therapy services in Utah, visit wasatchfamilytherapy.com. thought, hey, I want to talk to Dr. Julie Hanks about this question. Well, now's your chance. I want to have you on my podcast. So email hello at drjuliehanks.com with your question and the reason why you want to be on the podcast. And we may just choose you for a free coaching session.